0: if you follow me. Right, so it's titled Suffering for Doing Good. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insults, but with blessing because to this you were called so that many may inherit the blessing. For, blessing. for whoever would love life And see good days must keep his tongue from evil, and his lips from deceitful speech. He must run from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened, but in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to, asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so those that speak maliciously against, you, against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than doing evil. Christ died for his sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. But he was put to death in the body, but was made alive in the spirit, through whom also he sent and preached to the spirits in prison who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all were saved through the water and it's this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities,
1: and powers in submission to him. Amen. Richard. Thank you, thanks for reading that. A bit of an endurance. Well done. So um, I thought it'd be fun to speak this morning about um, how to have a fantastic life. Will that be all right? Got a few ideas. But um, I just want to start with like a couple of weeks ago, I went to a funeral. Uh, you've all been to funerals, haven't you? Has anybody here not been to a funeral? No, I've all been to funerals. Sad. My Auntie Agnes in Middlesbrough, she's 84. She'd been like a midwife, nurse, matron, kind of like. Proper nurse, kind of a woman, whole career, lovely person. And um, went to the, the Requiem Mass because my Auntie Agnes was probably more Catholic than the Pope, to be honest with you. <laughs> and terribly impressed because the service was, um, was led by not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six priests, all in robes, you know, making sure it was done properly, you know. Full robes, like with like this. What they call it? It's not a scarf, is it? It's kind of ceremonial, you know. Yeah, they were doing the whole thing, and it was great. And I was at the front because obviously I'm a family member. And I was looking, I was watching them, and they would And I was thinking, I've seen this before. There's something about the imagery is like chiming with me. And of course, it was the Jedi Council on Star Wars. Exactly the same. All these old guys sitting around, you know, long beards and all the rest of it. Interesting. But then, of course, at the few at, at the grave side, you know, when you stand there and they lower the coffin in, and you get the bit of earth and you drop it on. I don't know what you think, but whenever I go, to, whenever I'm standing there, I think, what will happen when it's me in the box? You know, what will people remember me by? You know, what do I want them to remember me by? Well, the first thing I want, like. For instance, like, if it was my turn now, and I'm not suggesting it is, I'd want you all to cry. <laughs> That's a given, you know. I'm sure you all would. But also, I'd like you to remember and say, "Oh, Richard, you know, he was a good father, uh, good husband, and like a man who really enjoyed his life, but enjoyed his life for the glory of God, not for his own self. Do you know what I mean? It's like, lived his life well, but always had his eyes focused on Jesus, you know, do you know what I mean? Not that we become spooky and weird, but just like always like um foundational motivation to do something for the kingdom of God. That's how I want to be remembered. So, you know, just in case anything happens in the next five minutes, you'll know what I expect, you know. Anyway, in in the passage here, um in the passage here, the passage is written by this guy, Peter. Peter was one of the apostles, and he spent a long time with Jesus. And um, the thing I I love about Jesus is that he just spent a lot of time hanging around with these guys. You know, so the miracles are great, you know, and the sermons are great, and the, the, the big events like the Hollywood events you read about in the New Testament, you know, raising the dead and preaching to thousands and... You know, the loaves and the fishes and all this kind of stuff, that's all great. And we all know all that. But have you ever thought about, like, what, what, what happened between those big events? You know, because there's not thousands of them. There's probably about, what do you think, Bob? About 100, 150 events in the New Testament. So, and they were together for, like, over three years. So, what happened? What did they used to do, you know? Perhaps they used to go to the shops, you know, and buy food and have a you know, cooking and, you know, they'd have to clean their clothes, I suppose, and all the mundane stuff. But also, that I think they spent a lot of time just hanging around. And I love that idea that Almighty God, manifest in a physical person, just used to just hang around with people. Isn't that totally enchanting? Anyway, Peter was one of the guys that Jesus would just hang around with you know so he had a real window on jesus's agenda and how he wanted things to work out and and so what you have here is it's his it's a letter from peter based on the relationship he had with jesus about how we should act as christians in the world so the first chapter is all about paying taxes and being part of a society you know for the common good and then the next Chapter is about um, her relationships at work. You know, you've got to be like a good worker. And then the next one about husbands and wives. And mercifully, Bob did that last week. Submission and authority. Thank you. Don't have to go there. Skillfully avoided that one all my life so far. Thank you. And now, finally, this passage is looking at how we function as Christians together so whereas the other ones are pretty much looking out this is about us as Christians how we operate as the church and it starts and you know it because it begins with finally so this is the final comments he has all of you so it's finally all of you including me so he's talking to the church here he says all of you live in harmony with one another wow so what does harmony mean? Does it mean like uniformity? Like are we all supposed to think the same things all the time? Well, I'd suggest that that's not the case. There are some things which are absolute and we all need to agree on like the virgin birth, the resurrection of Jesus, you know, um, all the things that are in the Apostles' Creed that were foundational. But then there are other areas which are gray areas, the, the way we interpret things. And if we looked at all the gray areas, we'd never all agree, would we? and that's fine that's fine because we're not talking about a uniformity we're saying unity and diversity so we have different views on the gray areas and that and that's healthy and fine because we don't want to all be exactly the same so what he's suggesting here is that be sympathetic be live in harmony with one another in the knowledge that we have different views in a healthy tension in our home group, and you're all invited to our home group, with Barbie and Dan's who aren't here. They're here earlier. Myself and Phil have this weekly disagreement about um, predestination. But it might be you knew I was going to say that anyway. <laughs> and, you know, we have this... We have this Healthy, di- healthy dialogue, you see, and it goes on. And because he's the leader, he always tries to sh- shut me down, you see, which is his <laughs> mission for the night. But you're all invited to come along and listen in if you want. You know, I'm sure we can fit you all in. But we have this kind of healthy disagreement, and it's fine, isn't it? I know you love me, don't you? Thank you, you see. And so on we go, and that's okay, that's fine. And then you move on, you see. So we live in harmony with each other, even with our disagreements. And then it goes... Be sympathetic. So, this is Peter I'd, instructing us how to, how to love each other. And sympathetic, it's like, it's like oh, I feel so sorry for you, sympathetic, kind of, thing. but it's not that kind of sympathetic. It's the kind of sympathetic which is like, the word sympathetic isn't really a good translation because the real meaning of, of it is that, is that I'm reaching out, out to you and caring for you. With my guts like, involved, it's such a high level of concern I have for you as a friend. I feel it in my guts. You know, we have these expressions. I feel it in my guts. You know, it's like, um, uh, what's your gut saying? You know, we have these expressions. It's all about, you know, like, basically your bowels. You know what I mean? It's like really, like, really, like, foundational to who you are. This, is, this isn't, like, a, an idea you have in your mind. That you're going to reach out and care for your brother or sister. This is about like a movement from inside. It's something, it's something that, yeah, I know it's a little bit corny, but it's, it, I'm trying to evoke the true reality, which is that it's, it's from your guts. It's a feeling, you know, it's compelling, not superficial. And, and, and the other meaning of it is tender hearted to each other. You be really tender towards each other, not kind of brash and like harsh, but with a real tenderness as you reach out and care for each other. It evokes our deepest emotions and our concern for one another. So this is Peter's after living with Jesus, this is what Peter's saying, this is how we should be functioning as the church. So it's quite important that we listen to this. And then it goes on, and this is quite amusing. Love each other as brothers. So we've had kind of like harmony and then we've had sympathy and now we have to live like brothers. Now I've had two brothers in my life. <laughs> Hands if you've got a brother. Hands if you're not always going to get on, are you? you know? Do you know what I mean? I mean, I had a brother who is dead now and he was like really high. I loved him to bits, but he was high maintenance, you know? Really like hard work, really, for different reasons my other brother who's still alive he's pretty easy really you know I can manage him fairly well but you see even with the one even with yeah it's true even with the one that was irritating I still really loved him but it was like a gritty kind of love Do you know what I mean it's that you know what I mean you do anything well you wouldn't do anything for your brother but you'd kind of always be there at least listening and you know a brotherly love it talks about here which is really deep a deep love basically because you come from the same womb you know you have the same DNA there's no escaping a biological brother and then the next phrase here is so sympathetic lovers brothers be compassionate which is lovely I love compassion and I love the way it's interpreted in the Bible because if you flick over if you want to into Romans 12 verse 15 I'll read it out it's only one verse it says Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That's that kind of compassion. So if somebody's having a great time, then you bless them. I'm so pleased your things are going really well. But equally, like when there's terrible things that happen, you know, I'm there with you in the pain. So I weep, with, I weep when you weep and I rejoice when you rejoice because I'm your brother I'm your sister in Christ I'm part of this and this is what we do this is what love looks like so that's really important I think and then it moves on and this is where it gets really interesting because that's all kind of you know you could script that and say well I could imagine that's what love would look like it's a bit of a a job description for being a loving community but then all of a sudden it goes into this whole crazy thing where it's like if somebody does something nasty to you then you bless them instead of cursing them oh that's now we're all familiar now with the concept of forgiveness but a couple of thousand years ago forgiveness wasn't really an idea that was promoted very much at all it's a distinctly Christian idea the idea of forgiveness and that's why it's really important this where it's introduced here it's introduced, do not repay evil with evil. This is in the context at the time, it was like an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And that was an improvement on what they'd had before, which was that if, if somebody took a tooth from you, you would then smash all their teeth in. So an eye for an eye is single to single. Prior, it was single to like mass destruction. So it was an improvement. But now, what Peter's going is no, it's not an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. If somebody curses you then you bless them you come in the opposite spirit and you reach out to them and say look you've done this horrible thing to me but guess what because I'm trusting in Jesus and because he's gonna extract revenge and judgment against you I don't have to do it so I'm gonna pray that God will bless you and then what you do even though you're feeling really hurt and hands up if you have been hurt by anybody yeah, what you do, what you do is you start to pray and you say, God, I want you to bless that person. I want you to bless them with money, bless them with great fun, bless them with a great holiday. And you come in the opposite spirit. And you know what happens when you do that? It changes your heart on the inside. Because in order to, in order to stay angry with somebody for a long you've got to keep cultivating anger and it changes you as a person and it causes you not to enjoy life, that's why I began with, this is about learning to enjoy life because if you start to become a forgiving person then you enjoy life more because you're not carrying around the baggage. Over my lifetime, I'm now 56? Hard to believe I know. On a couple of occasions, things have happened to me which has meant that I've had to instruct the solicitors to take action against another person or a company or whatever, like ACC. And I've done this. And on each occasion, I've failed miserably. The reason why I've failed miserably is having started, I've then had to stop because in order to sustain something like that, you've got to sustain a level of anger against the person that has behaved badly. And I, because God has worked in my life, I can't do that. I end up wanting to forgive them and once you forgive them who wants to sue them I don't want to sue them because I just want to move on so I can't sustain anger and I think that's a good place to be because the judge is God let God judge them let God do what he does and when I say that I'm then exercising faith and I'm saying I have faith in him being God and faith in me Being a follower of Jesus, so I do my job description, and he does his job description, and everybody's happy. So this crazy idea, this revolutionary idea, you bless those who curse you, and in doing so, you. It says in the text here that you inherit a blessing. Well, what could that be? You know, what would that be like? Something from Amazon? You know, what would that be? Inherit a blessing? I'll tell you what it would be. The the inheritance that comes from the blessing of being a forgiving person is that you don't sustain anger inside you and you can walk free and enjoy life because you're not carrying around the baggage that's what the blessing is that's got to be the blessing because it's right on the back of like the instruction come in the opposite spirit and it changes your heart attitude and of course like everything uh, you've seen the new testament this is immensely practical And I'm really into forgiveness. I think forgiveness is just a fantastic thing. And I think if nothing else, we should tell everybody that, you know, if anything grumpy happens to you, you should always forgive people. And lots of people out there, they have no concept of forgiveness. They just carry around, you know, baggage of resentment with them. And they're grumpy because they're carrying all this stuff. And the person that did the act against them, maybe goodness knows how long ago, they've even forgotten about it. They have no idea any longer. But you remember because you're carrying it around. Myself and Maria used to do a pro... She's just at the back there, my wife over there. Hi. And my daughter. She's hiding. Myself and Maria used to do a program in prisons. And the program was for um, offenders just before they were released. And they'd, they'd get to spend a day with their partner or wife and we'd teach them uh, relationship skills in the hope that they'd all be lovey-dovey so that on release they'd have somewhere to go home to. And one of the modules was on forgiveness and we'd teach them a distinctly Christian worldview of of, of forgiveness This and practical. And then we'd say, right, if you wanna go into corners and forgive each other because you're gonna have loads of stuff to forgive each other for like, you know, because this was a new idea in their world, you see. And they'd go and then have a little snog and then they'd forgive each other and they'd come back and that would be it. On this one occasion in Dorchester Prison, this woman who's probably about the same age as me, not as sophisticated as me, she was a bit of a rough diamond. (laughs) She said, I've got something I'd like to say, you see, which was totally unusual. And I said, well, what is it? She said, well, she said, he's been a terrible bloke for me. She said, I've been with him for 16 years. And for 16 years, he's let me down. He's been in here more times than he's been out. He's been like a complete handful and all the rest of it. And, you know, my kids... Oh, and she went through this whole thing, you see. And she said, but she, after I heard what you said, she said, I've decided that I was going to forgive it.' So I told him, I said, got my finger out, and I pointed at him, and I said, right, I've decided for my own welfare, I'm going to forgive you of all the rubbish you, that you've done, you see. So um, I said, wow, that's great. She said, no, you don't understand. I said, well, what else do you want to say then? She said, well, the other thing I want to say, which I don't understand at all, is She said I'm under the doctor and have been for years because I've got a respiration problem And I have uh, like injections and medication and I said yeah She said and when I said the words to him I forgive you It just lifted off me and for the first time for goodness knows how long I can breathe clearly <laughs> Power of forgiveness Particularly with people who have no concept of forgiveness you get them To adopt it you know what they'll be doing they'll be queuing up to get in here which would be a good thing, wouldn't it? So forgiveness is immensely practical and really powerful. And also, if you look on the text of verse 9, it moves on, it says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. Come in the opposite spirit. Come in the opposite spirit. Somebody hurts you, somebody offends you, you go, do you know something? Nobody in this room can offend me. I am unoffendable. Do you know why? Because one time when I was offended by something that happened to me, I just thought, this is such rubbish, I'm gonna make a decision never to let myself be offended ever again. So things have happened to me, obviously, but I just bounce it off because you know something? I refuse to be offended by anybody. You can try, you can come and swear at me and kick me in the shins. It'll have no effect on me whatsoever, I can promise you. And the reason why I know that is I've made a decision that I won't be offended. And friends, you can too, and it might just change your life. Because, if, because saying I've been offended is a middle-class way of saying I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm really angry with you. It just sounds more acceptable. Being offended sounds more acceptable than any other words, doesn't it? But it's basically the same. So it's God's job to judge and to extract uh, his revenge you can just move on then and love people just for who they are and it might be that like I suggested earlier you've got stuck with something that happened to you years and years and years ago and it's just kind of like it's just there all the time and perhaps today's the day to let it go and to start forgiving and sometimes what you have to do if it's a significant thing is you say like you 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 forgive the other person even though they're not in front of you because they don't have the problem, I have the problem because I'm carrying around the forgiveness so I go like, I forgive forgive that person, I forgive that person and it's not as simple as that because the emotions are all there sometimes what I have to do is I have to keep doing it keep doing it and I might even have to get a friend to pray with me and I go like, look, let me just tell you what happened because I need to exercise the emotion and then after a period doing it over and over again you know what happens all the pain goes away you still remember what happened but the pain goes and you can be objective and look back and say yeah that did happen you know but you know something it I I don't feel it in here anymore now I'm free free to enjoy my life instead of not free for carrying around somebody else's burden Jesus commands us to forgive but it's not always that easy and who do we need to forgive then of this? Well, you know, quite often, spookily enough, you know, the first person we need to forgive is ourselves. I need to forgive myself for the decisions I've made, the choices I've made, the things I've done. Secondly, I need to forgive God because something happened, and fundamentally, I blame him for what happened, or even like the leader in the church or something, you know. You know, perhaps the leader of the church is. T- t- something or hasn't done something that was supposed to happen and you know we're carrying around resentment and then after that other other people and then moving on to verse 12 this is good because if you don't do this if you don't forgive and get a resentment and bless those who curse you it says on here but the face of the lord is against those who do evil friends I wouldn't really like the face of the Lord to be against me and you wouldn't either because in our church circles we're all very happy clappy and fun and isn't we'll just pray and Jesus is on speed dial 24/7 but there's an aspect of the character of God which is, which is like fearful we're talking about almighty God here a fearful scary powerful beginning and end kind of character And there's part of him where, you know, we can be a bit irreverent, you know, and we just don't really think he'll ever turn his face against us. But he might, you know, if we don't do what he's asking us to do. And it it is a command. It's my introduction. (laughs) So, uh, basically, what we're talking about here is, like, love, isn't it? Love is like the all-embracing word for, you know, being compassionate, tender-hearted, brotherly kind of love, all these kind of elements. You could package them all up and say you know we just we we just need to be loving well friends the good news is that's like we are loving already you know just look out you know we look out for each other you know we love each other we're into a a multi-generational community of followers of jesus which is really exciting okay but there's always more because jesus is always challenging us with the next step and don't forget the author here of this peter who wrote this down and it's his instruction for us as a church he's the guy in the garden of gethsemane who got the sword out and chopped the ear off the guard just before jesus was crucified so he's an inflammatory hot you know wired kind of guy so for him to be admonishing us to like be tender-hearted you know he it shows you he's come a long way in a short period of time and that's good news for us because it means we can too come a long way in a short period of time and so if we don't do that what happens well just this week i was speaking to a 95 year old lady a neighbor of mine 95 that's pretty good isn't it and i said to her we were just talking and and right on her boundary is a garage and it's not a it's not a small garage it's a really high garage and it blocks all the light from her window you see and we were just talking about the garage because we're going to have it demolished and you know she said to me she said um well you know the history of the garage don't you i said no she said well i was born in this house 95 years ago and she said uh, your house is it, my house and your house were built in 1910 so that makes them 118 100 and some long time sorry 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 <laughs> she said well the garage is here because the people who used to live in your house uh, 90, 100 years ago had a massive argument with my grandfather. And in order, so your house, the guy who lived in your house, never had to see us again, he built this garage there. So I said, So you've been waiting 95 years to get over this resentment? She said, yes, I have. So I said, well, good news. It's not a day too soon. I mean, she seems to be in good health, but it would be terrible if she died tomorrow and it was still there, wouldn't it? (laughs) But it just goes to show, doesn't it, these things will just linger on. Unless you deal with them, they won't go away by themselves. They'll just stay there blocking all the light all the time. This is important. So we remove ourselves of the great burden of judging others passing judgment on others and we roll that over into God's court and then we can concentrate on enjoying the good life that he's trying to give us the good life with one another the good life with his beautiful world that we live in the good life with all the great things that he sends our way and we can be people that not endure life you know the the script how are you oh not too bad how are you is there is anything good happening no you know it's just same old same old that's really not the abundant life that we talk about in the new testament the abundant life is not irritatingly exuberant but actually yeah you know things are good you know because i'm i'm enjoying the good life that god has given me and so finally when I'm the one in the box and you're all there crying at my funeral please after you stop crying I'd like you to say well Richard was a good father he was a good husband and you know he really enjoyed the life that God gave him shall we pray Lord Jesus we thank you for life and liberty and love and we really mean this Lord we thank you for it we thank you for your word we thank you for the truth in your word we thank you for relationships Lord and we also thank you for the awkward people in our lives the people that have really pissed us off and irritated us and we ask you to give us wisdom and guide us so that we can bless them when they persecute us We can bless them when they slander us. We can reach out to them with love and compassion and tenderness and do all that stuff so it just confuses the fiery darts of the enemy and we can walk tall and walk free. Lord, I ask you for each and every one of us, you would give us a single thing as a takeaway this morning that we can put into practice. Amen.